Hey, I'm going to ask you a question. How's your sock drawer looking? Is it scary? Maybe it's time for a spring cleaning and refresh. Bombas just dropped a bunch of absurdly soft new socks, tees, and underwear to help you get that drawer in a better place while doing a little bit of good. Look, when I open up my uh, sock drawer and I see a clean pair of Bombas sitting on top, not only do my feet sort of jump for joy, but like... I can't wait to get them on my feet because I know they're going to be cozy. I know they're going to be the best socks in the house. And I know that they're going to keep me going all day long. They've got some great details that have been obsessed over, including the honeycomb arch support, which I love. Anti-blister tabs, which I also love. What that is, it's a little bit of a heel that goes up a little, just a, just a smidge higher. Like in a, whatever the perfect amount higher is, that's how high it goes. Bombas has figured this out. Uh, and they've got cushioned footbeds that feel like little pillows on your feet. Not to mention the buttery soft tees and underwear with no itchy tags. Oh, I hate an itchy tag. And Bombas is like, don't worry about it. We do too. And look, the best thing about Bombas is that when you purchase an item, Bombas donates an item. That's right. Every time you buy their socks tees, or underwear, you're also donating essential clothing to someone facing homelessness. To date, Bombas has donated over 100 million clothing items and counting. I mean, Bombas can make returns easy as well. I don't know why you'd return anything, because what? (laughs) But they do have a 100% happiness guarantee, so if the dryer or your dog eats a sock, or if you're unhappy with your purchase for virtually any reason, they'll do whatever they can to replace it and make it right. Bombas has a spring collection out right now. That means new colors and new fun. (laughs) That's right. They have garden party socks that bring the party to your feet. They got stripes. They got florals. They've got vintage colored rib socks. You know, those like... You know, uh, stripes on the top of it. It's like, oh, hey, look at me. I'm a vintage uh, soccer player or track person. They've got those, too. And they even have a new pointel sock with a frilly cuff. You know, for all you frill seekers out there, folks, all I'm saying is you heard me talk about Bombas for years now. I don't know why you haven't done anything about it. Get comfy this spring and give back with Bombas. Head over to bombas.com slash adventure and use the code adventure for 20% off your first purchase. That's B-O-M-B-A-S dot com slash adventure. Use the code adventure at checkout. Trust me, your feel thank you. Everyone, welcome to Matt and Dory's Excellent Adventure. I'm Matt. I am Dory. Here we are. Yep. Another day, another podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, I suppose a lot of you who aren't patrons are waiting to find out the dramatic results of transfer numero four. Mm-hmm. Um, Dory? The results were negative. Negative. I was going to say negativo. Mm-hmm. And my brain would not allow it. I mean, that's probably smart of your brain. Um, yeah. So, I mean, it's been it's been uh, it's been a time over here. We've been processing, sort of, in our own ways, uh, separately from each other and together. Yes. <laughs> what? It was a it was kind of a crazy week, like 
that on top of everything else and I feel like I haven't fully processed it. Yeah. Uh, I mean, what's the everything else? Your job. Oh, yeah. So, you know, season nine of the Goldberg streamlining that budget and uh, essentially I won't uh, be back there uh, this season. Wishing them all the very best. Uh, And... You know, it's 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 hard and uh, it's a hard thing to sort of process in addition to Monday. Yeah. <laughs> this also happened on Monday. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, uh, not to quote the birds, but to everything, turn, turn, turn. I mean, weren't they quoting the Bible? Yeah, but. They, I, they added the turn, turn, turn. Mm. To everything, there is a season. Yeah. Well, I mean, look, it is, it is, it is, has been, it has been an interesting week. It's been a jam-packed week. I mean, Dory's book, pre-order, please mm-hmm. pre-order it now more than ever. <laughs> yeah, my husband refuses to promote it. No, on no, media. I, I subtly hopped back on Instagram uh-huh. one day ago, uh huh, so that I can put the book promotion out. Oh. You got to get cracking, though, because people only have one more day to register for our bonus podcast. Shut the front door. Yeah. You have to register by June 1st. Oh. Well, it'll be a great time for Dory to get promoted on my dormant Instagram. I'm excited for that. Uh, Please, let's do that as soon as we're done with this so we don't forget. Okay. And uh, yes, pre-order that book. And if you do, you can register to get a... Did they let Bo out? What the fuck? The gate's open. Hi, we're back. Hello. Uh, we almost deleted Dory uh, dropping that F-bomb, but <laughs> we re- listened back just now. And, and we thought it and was I laughed. funny. We both laughed, actually. Uh, so, you know, Dory's parents are in town. Look at this. Here's, here's, here's where the week is. Big Monday. Monday rolls around. Dory's recording her audio book. Yep. Uh, I get a text from my showrunner. It says, I got some good news and some bad news. <laughs> uh, two minutes later, Dory texts me, telling me the results of the beta test, which were negative. Yep. Uh, I then talk to my showrunner. Uh, the good news is that they are going to allow me to direct an episode or two. I'll just say two in this in this, and hold them to that. Mm-hmm. Uh, two episodes of the Goldbergs this year, which will be great. Uh, of uh, something I've wanted to do for a long time, but sadly, I will not be working other than those two weeks. <laughs> so instead of yeah. doing eighteen episodes uh, of our potentially maybe twenty-two episodes, I'm doing two for less. But and uh, you know, I'm kind of lost. I'm in this like weird wishwashy, like oh my god. And then the panic sets in of like ah. Uh, I don't have a job. Yeah. And then along with that panic then is the panic of like, oh my God, this uh, beta didn't work. And then Dory's been uh, feverishly busy, like so busy with this book promotion stuff. And, you know, it's uh, it's been a time over here and, and I'm just like, ah. and then Dory's parents came in. And now... That brings us to why we just paused the recording and came back. Uh, so we ordered some food 
some sandwiches or salads, depending on what you decided to order. Um, and so we leave the gate open so that they can, uh, you know, what do you call it? Drop off the food. Yes. And we don't obviously let Bo out when the gate is open. Longstanding rule here in the house. <laughs> and I had told my mom that I was leaving the gate open for the delivery. Yes. And I explicitly said to Bo, so I could partially blame him, but I explicitly said to him when we were coming out here to do the podcast, I said, Bo, the gate is open. You cannot go outside. You're stuck in here, but I'm sorry. But then he was like, ooh, I'm going to pull a fast one. So he pulled a fast one on on Roberta and Avishai and uh, pretended to need to pee. And then uh, just sort of like bounced. He was like, peace. Yeah, and then we heard him barking. We heard him barking, but, you know, in typical Bo fashion, knock on wood, he didn't go far. Yeah. It's not, you know, it's not that I think Bo was going to, like, like head for the hills. He has bolted it's, a couple times. Yes, but it's the worry of, like, he see. well, that's I think he saw a cat, and then he saw, like, a squirrel. Yeah. I think it's the worry that he will see something and then just bolt for right and thing. he has no concept of like cars are dangerous yes he has no concept of cars are dangerous but he does have we have accidentally let Bo out with the gate open a couple of times and i've run panicked outside only to see him like just like sitting in the driveway yeah. like oh, and one time at the old house we left the gate open and he just came around to the front door and was like hey guys <laughs> yes, he wanted to be let in the yeah, front. Kill me in. <laughs> it was very. Uh, so I mean, look, he he likes us apparently. I guess. Uh, other, he's getting along with my parents. He's getting along great with your parents. Uh, we didn't we didn't try it with my parents just because we had recently had the traumatic trying to introduce him to uh, our new nanny, which was like. You know, Bo's, Bo's high maintenance, guys. He's very We all, if you're a long-time listener, you know. Yeah. He requires buckets of cheese Literal and little to, little to no eye contact. <laughs> and then, you know, over time, he will grow. I feel like I'm really good at the whole process. Uh, I don't doubt that. Look, I mean, you have uh, an innate ability to uh, find order. In chaos. Hmm. Bo is chaos. Bo is chaos. He is a chaos agent. He is indeed. I think he's chaotic neutral though. Oh, you do? Yeah. I mean, it's definitely not chaotic good. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, but yes. Okay. So back to this, this whole thing of the subtitle of this podcast, the IVF journey. Uh, we, I mean, I don't, I don't know. It was again, so much was happening this week that I don't I don't think Dory and I have processed it fully. Yeah, I have not. And then I haven't even called Dr. Kelly Beck back. She called you? Yeah, she left me a message. Oh. Well, what if what if the message was we gave you the wrong results? <laughs> it wasn't. Oh. I, I I like listened to the message. Oh, I see. But I haven't called her back yet. Huh. Well, yeah, I mean, look, it's hard to say it's been a big week, but it's been a big week here. Yeah. I've been trying to stave off depression by doing opposite of depressed mat things, which has been working. I slept terribly last night, 
which resulted in multiple naps today. Mm-hmm. I woke up every hour on the hour thinking it was time to get up. That's very AKA 4.30 in the morning because I took Avishai out for nine holes of golf. And boy, was he nervous about golfing with other people. Yeah. And believe it or not, we had two people that were on our tea time. I heard. But it was actually, it was three people. They were letting groups of five go. I've never seen that at a golf course in my life. Um, hello, Bo's returned. <laughs> we don't know how or why. I'm assuming the gate's closed now. <laughs> Who knows? Who knows? We're just going to let Bo in <laughs> and assume that everything is all right. Oh, boy. Uh... And, uh, yeah, I mean, look, it just feels like there's a lot to unpack, a lot to talk about, you know, because of, like, how is your audiobook going? My audiobook is going really well. That was, like, kind of a bright spot of the week. For anyone who's thinking about buying the audiobook, I think I'm doing a great job reading it. Dory is... It's going to be a great audiobook. Dory is ready for the new career of reading audiobooks. But only if I've written them. Oh, They're okay. memoirs by me. Have you thought <laughs> this would be a fun, horrible uh, pain in the butt for you the next time you do a book? Yeah. Um, re-record startup yourself <laughs> and say GIF. <laughs> I don't think I have the rights to do that. You can't do that? I don't think I can. It's your book. I know. What if you just released it as a giveaway? It's not a... I don't think it's... I feel like you could do that. I don't think I can. I feel like legally... Legally, I don't think I can. I've decided you could do that. Okay. What if every... I don't know. Let's say over the course of like 16 weeks, Mm -hmm. you read a chapter a week out loud. My book is not in the public domain. Like I I own the copyright, but I don't... I can't... But like I think they... Like my publisher owns like the recording... But like when I on the Star Trek podcast, I read from this Star Trek The Next Generation Companion Revised Edition by Larry Nemechek. Mm-hmm. And I always say, I'm going to read this from blah, 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 blah. But that's different. You're not reading the whole book as its own standalone thing. That's as nor would you be in my version where you read a chapter every okay. week. I, you know what? I think I'm not going to do that. Okay. But thank you for the uh, suggestion. Um, that is it. So what I was going to say is. The audiobook has been good, but it's very tiring to to do it, to be sitting there and reading and ha- with a, having to do 100% accuracy. And if your stomach makes like the tiniest noise, you have to like go back and do the sentence again. And uh, can we go back? I, I think I heard a mouth noise. Um, you mean talking? Yeah, like it's literally that. And it's like, and then the director will be like, um... So that, like, what what were you feeling at this time? And I'll be like, How do they direct novels? I don't know. Also, she's not there, and she's not even on a screen. Like, I, it's just a voice coming out of a speaker. It's very weird. Do you think? <laughs> I don't think this is true, but do you think there's any part of you that, that maybe she's not even paying attention? No, I think she's paying very close attention because if I. If I get like one word wrong, she's like, um, so in the text it says blah, blah, blah. Did you want, cause you can like, 
there's like some leeway to change things. Like if you decide that something sounds better, you can change it. It just has to be like an approved change. So she'll be like... Approved by whom? By me. Just me. So she'll be like, did you mean to read it differently or was that a mistake? Like, do you want to read it as written or do you want to, do you want it to be read the way you just read it, which is not exactly what is in the text? And I say, oh, I didn't mean to do that. I want to, I want to read it. Oh, interesting. You haven't, have you, have you yet to read anything that you were like, let's keep this? Um, Well, there are a couple, I've found a couple typos. Which is so, and I found an inconsistency, which like kills me. How infuriating is that? Because that is literally multiple people's jobs along the way. Yes, it's very annoying. It's like I read it many times, a copy editor read it, a proofreader read it, like many people read it. I feel like the only thing that you could do as a proofreader is sit and read it out loud. Yeah, and I guess they didn't do it because as I was reading it out loud, I found these Mm. like right away. So anyway, whatever. It's fine. I'll get over it. No, I won't. I'll get over it. Um, but yeah, it's 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 exhausting. And it's also like, you know, because it's a memoir, like I'm reliving everything in the book out loud. It's just aye, like aye. intense. Of you course know? it is. So I have one more day doing Tuesday because tomorrow's Memorial Day. Um, and then I'll be done with that. But yeah, book promotion is like very intense and it, it often feels more intense than last time. Well, I don't know how much I should say. <laughs> you can say whatever you don't want, whatever you want to. I'll Would you say that it's more intense than last time? Yes. There you go. That's all you have to say. Yes. I would say I'm hustling more than last time. Yes. I'll put it that way. I agree to a degree what does that mean i mean i haven't seen you book any live events we're in a pandemic yeah exactly kidding okay it's a sensitive subject it is oh my goodness anyway Please we, pre- are, we are just full of sensitive subjects please pre-order my book so i don't cry every day this summer <laughs> Please pre-order Dory's book so she doesn't cry every day this summer. We could use a win. That's, you know what? That's just it. I do, like, I do feel like I'm, like, fucking A. <laughs> like, I could really use a win. Like, ay ay ay. Not that I haven't had a lot of wins in my life. Like, I'm fully, I'm very grateful for all the wins, but. Yes, but we've. The last. Uh, ha- it, we've been hammered. It does lately. feel like a lot. Yes. And I mean, and again, like I know a lot of people have had it a lot worse, but all I can, all I have the context for is my own life. And yes. in the context of my own life, it's been a pretty rough few weeks. Yeah. So anyway, that's, that, that's, that's all. I mean, if that doesn't get some pre-orders, I don't know what will. <laughs> but I just also want to remind everyone that if you want to hear the bonus podcast on the 14th, the live bonus podcast where we, we will be on Zoom, <laughs> you can watch us and people, you can, you'll be able to submit questions in advance, mm-hmm. but then we'll, we will also be taking questions in real time. Yeah. So it's going to be a, it's going to be a rollicking good time. Anyway. How will we do that? In the chat? Or yeah. Something? In the chat. Gotcha. Okay. Um, and I think there will be someone from Random House like monitoring the chat. 
but we can also monitor the I'm chat. sure they we have nothing to worry about. Um you can't just you don't like pre-order and automatically get the link to the Zoom. You have to register at dory-shafrier.com slash pre-order. If you just go to my website, dory-shafrier.com, it's like very obvious how to do it. But you have to register. Don't don't email me your pre-order receipt. I cannot register you. Yeah, so just go through the portal that's there. Yeah. At dory very easy. Very easy. It takes 30 seconds. 30 seconds. And you'll get a lifetime of memories. Oh, and I just want to mention, I know they asked for your pre-order, they asked for your order number, and there's a few places that don't give you an order number for pre-order, so just write N-A. I've gotten some questions about that. Hmm. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. And I also want to mention that you can now pre-order the book in the UK and Australia. You hear that? The UK and Australia? And New Zealand. And New Zealand? So... Hemispheres everywhere are getting Hemispheres this book. Hemispheres everywhere. I'm excited for you, honey. I think it's going to be a great uh, launch. I hope so. I'm nervous. I know you are. But I think I think it's going to be okay because I think the eggheads will come through. You do? Yeah. I hope so. All we need is like 2% of them to come through. I know. And then... So if you are out there thinking, mm, I want to be one of those people that comes through, best way to do that, go to dory-shafrier.com, follow a link to pre-order from an independent bookseller, and then register and get our Zoom. Get our Zoom. You want to see what this mess of an office looks like? Tune in. Now's your chance. <laughs> um, before we take a break, I just want to read this really nice email we got from Diane M. Martin. I uh longtime friend. Wait, again another Diana Martin email? Yes. She's crushing it. Go yeah. ahead. Um so Diane is a has been a patron supporter, I think, since day one. She might have been the first. She might have been the first patron She's supporter. Like ver- or the first or second on Star Trek too. So she heard our news already earlier this week. So she had emailed oh, because us. Because of Patreon. Patreon. Yes. Yeah. So she wrote, hi, Dory, Matt, Henry, and Bo. I was sad to hear last week's news. There needs to be a word that means I'm here to listen and provide moral support or whatever you need. I will miss Matt's influence on the Goldbergs. Matt has grown so much as a person since the Nerdist days. Mm. It is nice to see him blossom. I hope you become parents to another child. Henry is such an amazing child. Of course, Bo is a pretty amazing puppy. You and Matt are excellent. Ha ha parents. <laughs> I'm sending over as many positive thoughts as I can. Hugs to everyone. Die. Thank you, Diana Martin. Uh, yeah. It will be interesting. How, what's, uh, what's going on on that uh, program, guys? It's going to be episodes that I'm like, what is this? Oh, my God. I haven't seen this episode because I didn't shoot it. Oh, I was like, what? oh, uh, episodes. Uh, yeah, of this excellent <laughs> like, adventure. Of this podcast. <laughs> There's only one episode of this that you can watch, and that is only if you pre-order Dory's book. Yes. Thanks indeed. for waiting. So please don't wait any longer to pre-order. Thanks for waiting. The new memoir by Dory Shafrir in bookstores everywhere. But assure yourself your own copy by pre-ordering. Go to dory-shafrier.com for details. Well, thank you. You're welcome. All right. We'll be right back. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. 
we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, I'm going to ask you a question. How's your sock drawer looking? Is it scary? Maybe it's time for a spring cleaning and refresh. Bombas just dropped a bunch of absurdly soft new socks, tees, and underwear to help you get that drawer in a better place while doing a little bit of good. Look, when I open up my uh, sock drawer and I see a clean pair of Bombas sitting on top, not only do my feet sort of jump for joy, but like... I can't wait to get them on my feet because I know they're going to be cozy. I know they're going to be the best socks in the house. And I know that they're going to keep me going all day long. They've got some great details that have been obsessed over, including the honeycomb arch support, which I love. Anti-blister tabs, which I also love. What that is, it's a little bit of the heel that goes up a little, just a just a smidge higher. Like in a, whatever the perfect amount higher is, that's how high it goes. Bombas has figured this out. Uh, and they've got cushioned footbeds that feel like little pillows on your feet. Not to mention the buttery soft tees and underwear with no itchy tags. Oh, I hate an itchy tag. And Bombas is like, don't worry about it. We do too. And look, the best thing about Bombas is that when you purchase an item, Bombas donates an item. That's right. Every time you buy their socks, tees, or underwear, you're also donating essential clothing to someone facing homelessness. To date, Bombas has donated over 100 million clothing items and counting. I mean, Bombas can make returns easy as well. I don't know why you'd return anything because what? (laughs) But they do have a 100% happiness guarantee. So if the dryer or your dog eats a sock or if you're unhappy with your purchase for virtually any reason, they'll do whatever they can to replace it and make it right. Bombas has a spring collection out right now. That means new colors and new fun. (laughs) That's right. They have garden party socks that bring the party to your feet. They got stripes. They got florals. They've got vintagey colored rib socks. You know those like... You know, the stripes on the top of it. It's like, oh, hey, look at me. I'm a vintage uh, soccer player or track person. They've got those, too. And they even have a new pointel sock with a frilly cuff. You know, if for all you frill seekers out there, folks, all I'm saying is you heard me talk about Bombas for years now. I don't know why you haven't done anything about it. Get comfy this spring and give back with Bombas. Head over to bombas.com slash adventure and use the code adventure for 20% off your first purchase. That's B-O-M-B-A-S dot com slash adventure. Use the code adventure at checkout. Trust me, your feel thank you. Hey, we're back. Hello. Oh, boy. We, you know, just had a lovely dinner at home with uh, the in-laws and... uh, some side aiolis that never arrived. Yeah, but we persevered. We persevered through our salads and sandwiches. Yeah. I had uh, the sandwich study of heat, one of my favorite sandwiches of all time. I had the Save Drake Drake's Farm salad. There you go. That's our Mendocino order. <laughs> now you, oh, no red onions. Correct. There you go. For her. Um, I just want to remind everyone that you can email us at doryandmatt at gmail.com or mattanddorygmail.com. They go to the same place. You can also email us a voice memo. You can call and text us at 413-461-BABY. 
413-461, baby. Um, all right. So last week we heard from a listener who had broken out in hives after using estrogen patches. But her doctor told her that it was not a reaction to the estrogen patches. Right. And, and she was she like, was like mm. this seems wrong. Has anyone experienced this? And we got some answers for her. Oh, people who have had similar experiences yep. with doctors who didn't believe them. This is from Liz. Had to pause the pod for the listener who texted about their hives in reaction to estrogen patches. I'd encourage them to get a second opinion on whether it might be an allergic or autoimmune response to estrogen. Based on my experience, I'd try to see an allergist at a university clinic. I got a terrible rash at eight weeks in my first pregnancy, and it didn't go away until I was cleared to take a steroid at the end of the first trimester. It got so bad that I had to wear ice packs all over my body just to get a little sleep at night. My gosh. I wasn't on estrogen, but was taking 400 milligrams a day in progesterone suppositories throughout the first trimester. The same rash reappeared in my two subsequent pregnancies and recently started showing up at a certain point in my menstrual cycle. Just last week, I saw an allergist at Johns Hopkins who thinks the rash is due to a progesterone sensitivity, sometimes known as autoimmune progesterone dermatitis. A Google search shows there might be a similar condition for estrogen. In my case, the doc thinks the sensitivity started when I was on the progesterone suppositories. He said, while this condition is rare, it seems to be more common in IVF patients. In my case, options include low-dose oral steroids and antihistamines to treat the rash if okayed by my OB and desensitization if the meds don't work. Hope this is helpful, and I'm really interested to hear from other listeners. Thank you for this amazing community. I mean, there's some information. I love that it just took a cursory Google search that the doctor didn't do. Mm. No, it's not estrogen. And there's um, nothing that will tell me it is. Well, I mean, it sounds like she was searching for a very specific, you know, autoimmune progesterone dermatitis. Sure. So she probably searched for autoimmune estrogen dermatitis. Mm. Um, Fine. Thank you, Liz. I'll allow it. That was very helpful. And we also heard from Julia about this. Hi, Matt and Dory. I had to make a note to myself to write in this week after hearing about the writer who broke out in hives when using estrogen patches. I'm not sure what's going on with the other listener, but I have a terrible intolerance to estrogen that most recently left me dealing with hives. Whoa. I took oral birth control pills as a teenager and ended up with life-threatening blood clots, and the only explanation the doctors could give me was the estrogen. I was told that I would have to use blood thinners throughout any future pregnancies. During my first pregnancy a few years ago, I had cholestasis, which is often linked to an intolerance to estrogen because your body can't properly deal with the increase in estrogen during pregnancy. Then after I weaned my daughter from breastfeeding, my rising estrogen left me in full-blown hives for around two months. I don't mean to be dramatic, but it was literally one of the worst experiences of my life. I was so uncomfortable caring for a 13-month-old and the allergist refused to believe my reaction had anything to do with estrogen. I eventually worked with an integrative medicine doctor who ran a lot of tests and concluded I was having an autoimmune response to estrogen, so my body was attacking itself thanks to the estrogen increases. I worked on balancing my hormones, and it eventually sorted itself out, but I just want to make sure the writer knows that she isn't crazy. The estrogen patches may very well be what is causing her hives. I lived on a lot of antihistamines to survive that period of time, so if that is an option for her, she could try different brands and dosages under doctor's supervision. 
to figure out what will make her comfortable in the meantime. I'm really hoping that she isn't battling hives for much longer. I also finally remembered to pre-order Thanks for Waiting. I was so late to the party for Startup a Novel, so I won't be making that mistake again. Congrats on the book and best wishes on finding out the results of your transfer. Hopefully you went to dory-shafrir.com and registered your pre-order. Yeah. And um, have access to a wonderful live podcast that will be happening on June 14th over Zoom. Indeed. Ask us anything you'd like. You can ask us anything you'd like. It'll be like a Patreon episode on steroids. steroids. <laughs> On progesterone. Yes. Steroids to deal with our progesterone or autoimmune progesterone dermatitis. There you go. Um, Julia recently moved from 700 square feet to 1,700 square feet in the D.C. metro region with one husband, one toddler, and one baby on the way. And she's had at least four hot dogs in 2021. My toddler loves them. Cut appropriately, of course. So there will be many more in our future this summer. It sounds like you're winning right now. Hot dogs and more than double your square footage. Yeah. And she pre-ordered Thanks for Waiting. Well, that's, that makes her the biggest winner of all. Exactly. Um, would you like to read this next email? Yeah. As a matter of fact, I was actually going to try to find the email you sent me. Not, 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 not 10 hours ago. Found it. Yes. Mm, winning. Oh, no. <laughs> Remember when that was a thing? Yeah. Oh, Charlie. Now, where are we? We were at Ju- we read Julia's, and uh, now it's time for Anonymous. Hey, Matt and Dory, I'm an IVF nurse and love listening to your podcast. I've learned so much about what my patients may be thinking or feeling. thought I'd write in to help the listener that is dreading the PIO shots. Here are some tips we give. Don't ice the injection site. Ice and oil don't mix, and you'll likely cause lumping. Use a heating pad or warm compress after the injection to help with muscle soreness. Heating before will lead to more bleeding. Do you think a Theragun would work? Mm. Theragun, the injection site? That's interesting. That's an interesting idea. I think that it probably would work. I don't hate it. Gentle massage over the inject. Oh, you could use the soft tip. Gentle massage with the Theragun. Uh, gentle massage over the injection site once removing the needle and it'll help with soreness. Make sure you're storing your PIO at room temperature. Once you draw up your dose, you can hold the syringe in your hands for a few minutes to heat it up a bit, make it easier to work with. Injection site is important. If you're not quite in the right area, it'll be more sore. Ask your nurse to just sharpie and draw you circles at the injection site to help you until you're more familiar. Try to tense up, bend the knee on the side you're giving the injection to loosen up the muscle. If you're terrified and think it will help, ask for some numbing cream won't take away the muscle soreness from the repeated injections, but it will help with the actual injection and often makes patients uh, helps patients relax a bit. Remember, you can do this. You're strong and brave. Best of luck with your upcoming transfer. Just a little note. You supplement with progesterone in the frozen cycles because your body does not ovulate. After you ovulate, the corpus luteum is what triggers your body to produce progesterone which is needed to sustain pregnancy. After 10 weeks or so, your placenta takes over and producing the hormones, and that's why most can stop taking the supplement between 10 and 12 weeks of gestation. There are different forms of progesterone supplementation with the PIO injection is a standard, but rather, but the PIO injection is a standard method. Anyhow, sorry for the long email, but I hope it's helpful. Anonymous IVF nurse, 2,500 square feet, husband, four-month-old rainbow baby, two hound dogs, and a cat in Ohio. 
That was a lot of good tips. It was a lot of good tips and a lot of beings living under one roof. <laughs> Hounds. Um, thank you, anonymous IVF nurse in Ohio. We appreciate you. Um, we also got a text from Leah in Oceanside, California, who said, I also had to do daily PIO injections on top of suppositories. My estrogen was also an injection once a week. I was salty when I found out there were protocols with zero injections. <laughs> My coworkers, nurses, and husband helped a lot, but I also had a lot of days I had to self-inject. The Facebook group was a definite help. Way to go, face group. Thank you, Facebook group. Oh, an estrogen injection. I've never even heard of that. That sounds horrible. It's like a suppository, but smaller. But but you inject it. Just my like, estrogen was, was patches. Just like a suppository. My estrogen was stickers on my butt. Yeah. You're supposed to put them on your stomach, but I, I always found that putting them on my stomach, they didn't work very well. So I put them on my back, like above my butt. Mm-hmm. Just FYI. That story's hot tip. Yep. You can put them on your back. Put them on your butt. Um, all right, we have a voicemail. If it doesn't work, just put it on your butt. That <laughs> applies to everything. That's the slogan of this podcast. Uh, everything's kind of broken on my computer right now. Weird. You would like to play a voicemail? I would. I can accommodate that. Great. All I have to do is take this cable and hand it to you. Yep. And then you'll plug it in, mm-hmm. and then the magic will happen. Go ahead. Okay. Nope. Oh, hang on. Go ahead. Lori, my name is Monica. Um, long-time listener, but first-time voice memoer. Um, I had to pause the pod just now because I have the advice on PIO shots. The first thing is for her to ask for them to be delivered in PIO in ethyl oleate versus oil. Ethyl oleate is a lot thinner, a lot easier. You don't have to warm it up. doesn't cause as many knots, um, but it's the same thing. The other thing that I would do is I would ice it for 5 to 10 minutes, the spot, every night. My husband would then do the shot and then right after put a warm pad on it for like five minutes and rub it in, hold it in there and um, hold it on there and it felt much better. And I actually never even really felt the shot. As I was doing it to keep my mind off it, to bring this back to something else you talk about, I would watch uh, The Great British Break Off because it kept my mind off of what he was about to do. So, anyways, that's my advice on it, and it really was not traumatic for me at all. I just finished doing it because I'm 17 weeks pregnant and um, did it with my first, and it really wasn't so bad. That's my advice. Thanks. I live in California, Northern California, in 2,300 square feet, and I've probably eaten about two Costco hot dogs. Okay, bye. I wonder how many... I would think someone actually sent the statistic in about how many Costco hot dogs are sold every year. But it's always more than you think. I'm sure it's so many. (sighs) Um, Thank you. And we have one more email with a quick discussion of PIO shots and another question. Um, All right. This is from Amanda. 
I'm a longtime listener. This is my first time writing in. I like all these first-time writer-inners. I think, you know, when you get the call, when you see the signal, and you have the answer to the signal, how could you not? Yeah, it's true. You are called to write in. I wanted to respond to the emails this week about PIO shots and FVT protocols and throw in a question myself at the end. To the listener doing PIO shots, I believe the reason some clinics don't require them after a fresh transfer is because your body is already producing some progesterone on its own from the corpus luteum in the follicles where eggs were retrieved. I had a fresh transfer for my now two-year-old son, and they still wanted me to do progesterone support, and I had to do the PIO shots for the first 10 weeks of pregnancy. They are not pleasant, but my husband administered them every night, and I was found lying down on the ground helped me to relax a bit. Fast forward to now, I'm at a new clinic due to insurance changes. We had to switch because our original clinic is now out of network, which was a frustrating experience in itself, and we are working on having a sibling with my remaining embryos. We just finished our first FET, which sadly did not work, but I was shocked at how intense the protocol was and didn't really know what to expect since I had not previously done a frozen transfer before. To share in case anyone is interested, my protocol was as follows. I was on Lupron to shut down any natural ovulation, Then after getting my period, they added four estrogen patches every other day and estrogen suppositories. I started PIO shots five days before the transfer. And then post-transfer, they added oral and suppository progesterone three times a day in addition to the daily PIO shots. Jesus Christ. They also had me do an antihistamine protocol, which included daily Claritin, Pepsid, Prednisone, and Lovenox shots, a blood thinner. The Lovenox shots burned like hell and also made the PIO shots so much worse because I would bruise much more easily being on a blood thinner. Also, this time around, they wanted me to do the PIO shots in the morning. And since I work early, I've had to learn to do them myself. And the mental game of sticking myself is almost worse than the shot itself. My God. Anyway, just wanted to share my current experience. And I also wanted to ask if any listeners have done an antihistamine protocol with success. I have a follow-up consult next week as we prep for our next cycle, and I'm considering asking to not do the antihistamine protocol this time around, but also don't want to hurt my chances as we only have two more embryos before we begin the process all over again. Dory, I think at this point you may know your own beta results from your transfer, and I really hope you got good news. Sending best wishes to you. Well. Send better wishes. (laughs) Thank you for the pod. I really appreciate all you've done over the years to provide support and laughter while in this wild ride of infertility. Thanks, Amanda, from Chicago in a 1,200-square-foot apartment with a husband and a two-year-old science toddler. No hot dogs yet this year, but I'm sure with cookouts coming, that will change soon. Everyone's having cookouts. Yeah. Well, not in Boston this weekend. Because no, because believe me, if you were in Boston, it's a big wedding weekend. So could you imagine, <laughs> Dory? All those dresses. I mean, imagine that. You, you come up for some address, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. all of a sudden, it's 45 degrees and raining. It's just ruined. Ugh. My question is, who's planning an outdoor wedding in May in New England? You know, Boston summers. It's barely summer. I know. <laughs> but yes, it would be very disappointing. I mean, the pool's not even open, guys. Come on. Yeah. Jeez. Um, all right. We are going to take another short break. Be right back. BRB. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. 
Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, we're back. Hello. Thanks so much yep. for tuning into our podcast. No, thank you. Two people talking about things. Welcome to the podcast. All right, well, we have Well, a- what's your podcast about? Well, it's me and another person, and we talk about a thing. Oh. What thing? Just don't worry about it. Stuff? How is it different from other podcasts? Well, there's two of us. Yeah, but I feel like that's a thing that every... Never mind. Hmm. Honey, can you think of any podcasts with two people that talk about things that I could maybe check out? Mm, no, there aren't any. We're the only one. <laughs> okay. Um, let's hear a voicemail. Okay, we can do that. Hey, Matt. Hey, Dory. Uh, my name is Molly. I came to this podcast via uh, Matt's Star Trek podcast because I am a big Star Trek fan. Anyway, it's the intersection of um, uh, fertility and Star Trek for (laughs) me. We are married, and I'm 40, about to be 43. My husband and I conceived a baby naturally, and she's perfect. She'll be two uh, soon. When I was 40, so that was unusual, and then I had endometriosis surgery, had all kinds of stuff wrong, and um, I just had a second endometriosis surgery, and the doctor said uh, you have a very low chance of getting pregnant naturally because of my age, almost 43, and the endometriosis, and now one ovary is squashed, uh, one tube is blocked, and um, anyway, I was just hoping to hear some words of wisdom because she suggested IVF and it sounds like one big nightmare actually um, unless you end up with a baby which of course then is great Um, we would love to have another one Uh, but the downside is I'm 43 and he's 54 so we're on the very um, old end of the spectrum for this so anyway just want to hear what you think live long and procreate (laughs) Thank you for the call. Uh, I mean, look, IVF, it's obviously it's not the, the most fun you'll have in your life. But as you said, it can be the, one of the most rewarding things you put yourself through. Um, I know that at a time where Dory and I are, you know, trying for this second child and, 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 and now we've done it four times and it's only worked one time. But as I said to her, That'll still get you a major league contract if you're batting 250. Um, yeah, but I mean, what is what is? The, yeah, if you have to, I mean, IVF. It's a pain in the ass, but when it works, you don't care that it was a pain in the ass. Yeah, I agree with that, but it's such a pain in the ass. Yeah. And, you know, you're 44, she said. 43. 43. You'll be 44 soon, I decided. <laughs> Thanks to math. And uh, I think, you know, it's pretty obvious that we did not find a barrier to entry at 44. And with your spouse, uh, with your partner, I don't remember, but being 54. Mm-hmm. The sad part of nature is that men can conceive well into their late 70s. Yeah. 
So, even later. Yeah, I know. I just didn't want to be gross. <sighs> That's kind of gross. Um, Molly had a quick follow-up. Yes? Hey, Matt. Hey, Dory. It's Molly again. I forgot to say that I am really hoping um, for a positive result for you two um, oh. this last round of um, IVF. And um, I don't know what the hot dog thing is, but... Um, we don't either. We eat hot dogs every time we go to Costco, and uh, Costco we have does. a farm in Virginia, and a lot of animals and a lot of work. <laughs> okay, thanks. Bye. Uh, thank you. Also, again, this Costco hot dog thing. I have no recollection of how the hot dog thing started. I honestly don't. Someone has reminded us a few months, th- like a month it, ago. Did it start with someone asking if we thought a hot dog was a sandwich? I mean, or, I know that that question has come up. I don't yeah, know if that's where it started. I don't know if that was the origin story. Yeah. Um, anyway, you know, Molly, I think if I were in your shoes or your work boots, probably, it would be, and I and I have. Her feet would hurt because she has massive feet. Yeah, everyone knows I have huge feet. Um <laughs> I think I would feel like I would always wonder what if, if I didn't at least try it. That's how I felt about, you know, this embryo that we just put in. Like, if we'd never tried it, I would have always wondered. Now I know it wouldn't have worked because it didn't work. But, you know, I feel like I needed to, to find that out. So, I don't know. That's kind of how I feel about you. That's it. That's my advice. <laughs> Um, Plus, I mean, think of it. You could have extra hands on the farm. Yeah, there you go. All right. This next email is from Ayelet. Hi, Matt and Dory. Thanks so much for sticking with this podcast over the years. I've so appreciated your candor and vulnerability around all things fertility, marriage, parenthood, etc. It's hard to be open about this stuff. In particular, thinking of you this week as you await take stock of the results of your embryo transfer. I'm hoping you can send out a recurrent pregnancy loss signal for me. Would love to hear from any clinicians or listeners with similar experience. Um, before we get to your email, I just want to plug the Forever 35 Miscarriage and Recurrent Pregnancy Loss Facebook group. I'm sorry. Forever 35 is honing in on our territory? Look, the people demanded it. Uh, I mean, fine. Um, I mean, obviously, recurrent pregnancy loss comes up a lot in the Excellent Adventure right. group as well. Um, okay. In the two years before the pandemic hit, I had three pregnancy losses that were all close to or in the second trimester, 10 weeks, 14 weeks, 18 and a half weeks. In all three cases, there were no known genetic issues. We had pretty elaborate testing for the last loss, loss especially. Because of this, and since the pregnancies extended into the second trimester, several doctors slash genetic counselors have confirmed that these were not age-related despite the fact that I was in my late 30s. And as as far as anyone could tell, the fetuses were all developing normally up until their demise. And not sure if this is relevant, all three were missed miscarriages. I never experienced spontaneous bleeding and didn't know each fetus was no longer living until an ultrasound a few weeks later at 13 weeks, 16 weeks, and 20 weeks, respectively. I've had an extensive workup in between and after these losses to look for any structural issues, autoimmune conditions, or genetic abnormalities I may have. Nearly everything has been normal. Minor scarring was seen on a hysterosonogram, but I was reassured that this was not significant enough to impact pregnancy, and even if it had, it wouldn't be responsible for a second trimester loss. 
The one red flag was a positive ANA, anti-nuclear antibody screen, directly following the last loss. ANA can be a marker for autoimmune conditions like lupus that can make pregnancy harder. But every other blood test I've had to test for autoimmune issues was negative, and I don't have classic symptoms, symptoms of an autoimmune disease. Also, I had an ANA test fairly recently while not pregnant, and it was negative. A few other things worth noting about my history. I've had a successful pregnancy. I've got a six-year-old and didn't have any issues there. Also, maybe irrelevant, but after my son was born, we moved to a different state. So the three losses all occurred in a different state and a different house than when I was pregnant with my son. I'm not aware of being exposed to any environmental toxins here, but I guess I can't rule that out entirely. Also, and almost certainly irrelevant, all three pregnancies were girls, whereas my son is a boy. So many details. Fast forward to the present. My partner, my partner and I decided to try one last time. Now that I'm even older, in my early 40s, my doctor recommended IVF to avoid the possibility of a first trimester miscarriage because of old eggs slash genetic abnormalities. So while a successful IVF cycle would not address the issues that lead to the second trimester losses, it would at least give me a better chance of getting through the first trimester. If I get pregnant, my doctor is recommending that I begin aspirin, a blood thinner, and progesterone after a positive beta test. The theory is that perhaps tiny blood clots or other autoimmune conditions develop very early on in a pregnancy and don't cause demise until much later. These medications may help prevent all of that. So I'm wondering if any listeners have, one, ideas about what might have contributed to my losses. Could the positive ANA test after that 18-week loss have been meaningful, or is it just a red herring? Two, recommendations for what I should do to prevent loss, aside from the protocol of aspirin, blood thinner, and progesterone. Three, as far as IVF goes, would also love to hear any suggestions for having as successful, excuse me, of a transfer as possible, though maybe I just need to binge all your episodes again. Thanks for your patience during this very long email, and thanks in advance for any insights you and your listeners can share. Cheers, I yell it, in 1,900 square feet in Oregon with a husband, a six-year-old, and a 12-year-old pup. No hot dogs in 2021. Uh, look, I would not suggest torturing yourself with the entire back catalog of our show. <laughs> Unless you're Julia Schulenberg, who we're going to hear from uh, next. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> uh, look, I think someone like Julia could tell you uh, it's, not a, it's, not a, it's not a journey you want to take in a, in, a, in, a, in a short period of time. It's a lot. Um. Yeah. So what's that what's that medical that saying about medical things when you hear hooves you think it's horses but Occam's sometimes razor. Zebra, sometimes zebras? Uh no, when you hear hoof when you hear hooves it's it, don't think don't think zebra don't think zebra right in medical school many doctors are in the saying when you hear hoof beats think horses not zebras most physicians are taught to focus on the likeliest possibilities when making diagnosis not the unusual ones however sometimes physicians need to look for a zebra i mean that's what the whole show house was about i never watched house i loved house i, I was just gonna say i bet i would like house i wonder if you would like house the entire I have it over there on Blu-ray all seven seasons what do we have that you can watch a Blu-ray on (laughs) the giant not giant but the very small region free Blu-ray player I purchased to watch toast (laughs) oh all right I'll take that under watch house and toast so I yell it I have a zebra's suggestion for you 
My ears perked up when you said that these were all girls. Girls. My ears perked up also because of our ears. I know someone who had this very rare genetic condition where she could only carry boys. What? It would have made her very valuable to Henry VIII. <laughs> I think it was boys. <laughs> it might have been girls. It was one of them. One some one sex she could only or like the or like the boys were much more likely to have this very rare condition that they would die in utero. Oh god. I don't remember the exact details, but but the gist was that one sex of embryo would not survive if they had this genetic marker. And so they had to do PGD. They had to design like a, you know, specific PGD test to test for this um, condition. I think you need, I think you need a second opinion. And I think you need a a doctor who's going to look for some zebras. I think if anyone listening to the show wants to take that challenge, doctors, please, only. <laughs> <laughs> or if you play one on TV, Hugh Laurie can write in. He can, always. Yeah. <laughs> um, and Stephen Fry. That that was just, that, that, that was something that just immediately stood out to me well, as possibly <laughs> not coincidental. Well, then I was like, oh, we only had a boy. Work. I know. And we've... Like three girls have not worked. Honey, should we go look for zebras? It's interesting. Are we doomed? I mean, one girl didn't work because my uterus was broken. One girl was probably not going to work anyway. And one girl, we don't know why she didn't work. She just didn't work. All of which could be a rare genetic disorder. Totally. So... Welcome to zebras and hoofprints and zebras. <laughs> that'd be a good. That'd be a good podcast. I'm sure it exists. There must be a there. I'm sure there's a. Medical I'm sure there's a medical podcast. weird medical mystery podcast called zebras and horses. Zebras afoot. <laughs> zebras a hoof. Uh, um, but yeah, I would love to hear from actual experts about what could be going on. Oh, not not just me. Not just me, and not just you. Oh, okay. So, all right, we're going to end with, um, we got a few emails from uh, Julia Schulenberg. Who's who's currently going through our back catalog. Yes, um, but I'm going to read this one, um, which actually, well, before I get to her email, I'm going to read a text from Veronica. FYI, please tell Matt he can link his iCal and Google Calendar. I have mine linked, and it's lovely that anything I put in one shows up in the other. What are you trying to do to me here? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, I don't know how to work it. Uh, all right. <clears throat> now we're really going to end with um, this email from Julia. Good morning, Dory and Matt. Near the end of the episode titled The 10-Day Wait, you asked if I was caught up yet. And sad to say that, yes, I am. Oh, my God. But only sad because there isn't any more to binge. And the end of the school year is happening right now. And I'm struggling. 
I am clearly also not an English teacher with that long run-on sentence. That is not a run-on sentence. I think it's that just a very long, a long sentence. sentence. I think you have a subject or a predicate. Yeah, there's, that's not a run-on. But that also shows you're not an English teacher because you thought it was a run-on. Honey, what do you write books or something? <laughs> Listen, <laughs> do they still make people diagram sentences? Do they? Still how make else kids would you break? A, how would you, how else would you break apart a sentence? I don't know. I don't know if they even like teach grammar anymore in school. I don't know. I'm asking. All right. I want to thank Dory also for her talking about the Maisie Dobbs series. I started it right after finishing the Patreon back catalog near the end of April. And it is so good and helping me right right now get through this last month of the school year. Now, Julia, this was a run on sentence. (laughs) Honey. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Sorry. I'm annoying. I just recently finished The Mapping of Love and Death. I listened to the audiobooks while getting ready in the morning and my drive to and from work at 1.65 speed. Okay, so not quite two. And not one and a half. Correct. Normally, I listen at a slightly higher speed, but Billy's speech is so quick in the audiobook. Living in 840 square feet with one husband, one cat, and total hot dog consumption of four. Best, Julia Schoolenberg. Uh, Julie, I'm so sorry that you now have to tr- let let each episode trickle out one week at a time. Yeah, we don't take holidays though, so there's that. Yeah, you you can listen. <laughs> Memorial right Day, Memorial here Day. we are. Um, oh, sorry, I lied. We actually did get one more text. Dory, please, please, please write the children's book Henry the Stoat and the Hippopotamus. Take L.A. <laughs> Still convinced there's a stoat outside. There's a stoat. Um, all right. Well, that does bring us to the actual end of the show. I do want to remind everyone you can support us on Patreon. You get up to two bonus episodes per month. You you get our raw, unfiltered uh, thoughts and responses to all of your questions. You also get news before everyone else. That's true. That's very true. Um, they all knew. If that's like a thing that you care about. And if it's not a thing you care about, why don't you support the show? We could use a win buy my book um and you can do that at patreon.com slash excellent adventure uh we you know we don't have any names for you this week because i miscalculated how many weeks are in may and i i divided the names so what you're saying is we could use some more patrons yes yes interesting exactly what i'm saying yes well everyone thank you all for being all you people thank you and all i can say is you've got more podcasts to look forward to because i ain't got nothing else to do Hmm. Don't I know it? Bye. Bye.